The following podcast is a next level production. Welcome to Wilhelm. I am your host, Ben Beck, and to say I'm excited for this episode is beyond how I'm feeling. Uh, from topic to guest co-host, I'm, I'm just stoked for this one. Uh, and that's because on this episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite superior sequels. Uh, and that doesn't mean it has to be just part two, it could be part three, part four, any movie that has come out after the first that we feel is better than the original. Those are the ones that could make our list. And by we, I mean my absolute the uh, my my guest co-host i'm already choking over my words <laughs> <laughs> he's a comic book writer comic book artist fellow podcaster and fellow pound moderator i've had the absolute pleasure of working with him at a number of different events and now i'm excited to finally get to record something with him he is as we have come to know him by the hardest working man in comics which could extend to hardest working man in, in Come on. conventions and whatever. <laughs> that's all part of comics for me. That's that's how that fits. Well, there you go. But please welcome Victor Dandridge Jr. Well, hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Ben, absolute pleasure. This has been definitely like far too long in the making. Yeah. Like what, long, what are long we time doing? <laughs> I, we've been working, man. We're both busy. We have. We have. You're right. You're you especially. Right. I mean, you've been doing, you were just in Chicago. You were in yes. Denver right before that. Like, yes, yes, yes. You're going to be in Boston coming up. Yes. I would, you know, to be even like closer, I'll be in San Diego like on Tuesday. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I leave for San Diego on Tuesday. I get back. I'm here for maybe two days. And then I'm off to Raleigh, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina for GalaxyCon. So, um, boom, 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 boom. And then I'm back in Chicago for C2E2. So man, I, I, I'm jealous of your life. Seriously. No, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Come on. Vicariously live through me. Like that's well, what I we mean, do. And I mean, and the thing is too, like I, when, when you compare careers, like you've definitely been doing a lot, a lot longer than I have. So mine is progressing. Of course. Um, you know, we, we got to work together in Atlanta back in yes, March. Did. Um, that was awesome. We're, you know, there's been other events that we've both attended together. Like that's how mm-hmm. we met. We met at Wizard World Philadelphia. That's right. God, probably like seven or eight years ago. I was gonna say, like, how long ago was point. that? Like, it's almost embarrassingly long ago. <laughs> I don't even remember how it happened either. I think I happened to be in an audience for a panel that you were moderating, and then I happened to see you had a booth on the floor. So yeah. I came up to you and started talking to you. And we just were chatting after that. And and then that's right. History was made, and that's you know it is. We're, we're where we are now. And you're right. This has been so long coming to be able to record something yes. together. You have a lot going on, which we're going to talk about, you know, towards the end of the podcast sure, about sure. Kickstarters and you know, different things that you have. All going the on things. Right now. Yeah. All the things. Uh, but to do more than like, we're going to start it. We're going to talk movies and we're going to talk superior sequels. And <sighs> let me tell you, putting this list together, I thought. I don't know why I think anything is easy with this podcast. <laughs> I I thought this was going to be a lot easier than it was, but contrary okay. to popular belief, there are a lot of sequels that surpass originals. I mean, you that's such a hard concept, right? Like cuz when you when you have the foundation, that's usually the best for most people. So the idea of a sequel beating that <laughs> crazy. Well, I, and and then you look at the fact of how things are today, 
in mm-hmm. that, you know, there are entire franchises now where sequels are no longer just a part two. Right. Now there are a num- I mean, you look at the fast franchise, which thankfully none oh, of them are my- on my list. What? <laughs> oh, don't don't want well, the reason why they're not on my list is because okay. there's too many. <laughs> like fa- them for having quantity like fast five yeah. is a superior sequel to me i mean without question without and, question you know but there's so I, there's so many and in my opinion with the exception of tokyo drift they're all better than the original so <laughs> i couldn't really add them to my list that's fair that's fair um but you know when you look at the fact that there are franchises now with so many sequels uh, past mm-hmm. the one original the odds of one of them being better than the original are greater than they've ever been and it makes the odds increase that there is a sir, a sequel that is better than the original you're not wrong you're not wrong not you know wrong. you look at you know back like 10 15 20 years ago the odds that wasn't of the, the case no th- it, there were very few and far between sequels that were better yeah, yeah. And now almost, there's it's, it's, it's so what, why do you think that is though? Like, have we gotten better at telling follow-up stories or or what? Why do you why do you think that sequels have gotten to a place where it's better? I that's a great question. Um, and it's it's rare that my my co-host asks me an important. Question. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's like, we're moderating, baby. We're moderating. <laughs> no, that's that's right, co-moderators back and forth. Um, I should have expected this. It's um it's a good question, and I think I. I think that does come down to writing. I think writing, I think writers are just have just become more talented. The good writers have become more talented. Um, There are definitely a lot of people who just try to cash in on success of the first and it's never nearly as good. Um, And then there are a lot of people out there that try and do reboots constantly and things like Mm -hmm. that. And they're not always good. They're, They're kind of like cash cash grabs in my opinion cash grabs all the way yeah but you know you look at i mean focusing on on the fast and furious franchise yet again you look at the evolution of that story i mean it started out of as two guys as a bunch of as a group of street racers in california that are now by the last movie going into space and saving (laughs) the world in I cars, mean, in still cars. in cars though. That's the thing that makes it so amazing. And and like <laughs> they're go, they're facing off against nuclear submarines, and right. like it's the evolution of that story is incredible. But I love every second of it. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's it. I think it is right. The good writers mm-hmm. are able to take what they originally created and expand upon it and make it better. So wait, wait. So you're saying that you think that it has to still maintain within the same creator in the franchise? Because no. that's an interesting. Okay, all right. Because I was gonna say on my list, we switch up. I we definitely switch up. No, I mean I can I can I don't want to say any others just because I don't want to take away any of the fact of any that might be on my list or yours. Okay. But right. No, there's. I mean, there are definitely sequels I can think of that were written or directed by one person, right. and then another team comes in to write and direct the sequel, and the sequel is better. Okay. Um. I, so, yeah. So maybe. I mean, there is definitely more to it than just the writers, right? Right. Being right. able to do that. But I mean, that, that is a huge part. As a writer myself, I can definitely say that what I've liked is that um, more recently we're seeing that when somebody is given the opportunity for a sequel. It's not just like a new person that's like getting their chance to break in and this is their first movie type thing. It's more like, hey, this this created like a benchmark. Are you good enough to at least match it 
let alone supersede it. Like it's, they're bringing in real talent to try to like, you know, not jump the shark, but like elevate everything. Like, oh, this was so good before. What can I do now? And I'm, I'm definitely seeing that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, if, if you're looking at it from an architectural point of view, like, OK, you gave me town hall. Now right. let me build the neighborhood around it. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's kind of what, uh, you know, and as long as you're not giving us like city streets that don't intersect <laughs> so we can't get anywhere. So we which can't go does there. Happen. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah, you know, like, oh, how can I get to the other side of town? Well, um, you can't get there from here. <laughs> like, right. So, you know, <laughs> everything has to, you have to expand upon the original idea. But when you yes. do, it's more than just, okay, we're going to tell this story again. It's like, now we have to add new threads and these threads have to connect to what we originally had. Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. That's, and that's how it works. Man. God, I'm already I, glad I have you on because you're already yes. making this like, you're asking me questions. I love that's this. what we're here for. That's what we're here for. We're going to get into it. Um, so let's dive into what. Okay. And, and this is the thing, too. Putting my list together. I can't tell you how many times my list changed. Uh, yes, that is absolutely <laughs> true. Together, because there are going to be some that should be on this list that just couldn't fit into top five. I get it. Which is why it. they're in honorable mentions. Yeah. And there might be one or two that are in my honorable mentions that people listening are going to be like, <laughs> how what? did they not make the top five? How did it? And you're just like, listen, it just didn't. Okay. Like, this, room. This, it's it's yeah. what it is. Okay. Top five. We we purposely don't have ties, which that would, listen, we could have most of these as number ones. On my right. right? <laughs> There's so like, many that's... that would fit into number one. It's ridiculous. <laughs> number one point A, number one point B. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> just a reminder to all the listeners out there of the format of the show, neither Victor or myself have revealed any of our selections of the top nope. five lists. So not to influence each other. So at this point, I don't know any of Victor's. He doesn't know any of mine. Uh, and as always, there's always a chance for spoilers when we're talking about our choices. So you yes. have been warned. There it uh, is. There it is. That being said, top five, mm -hmm. five to one, Victor, what have you got to start this off at number five? Okay. So my number five, and this one becomes like a little film school kind of piece for people for them to recognize and understand that this was in fact a sequel. And this one is from my man, Robert Rodriguez. The movie is Desperado. Ooh, now that's a, a lot of people, right? Cause a lot yeah. of people are like, no, 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 Desperado was the first one. No, El Mariachi, El Mariachi was, the was the original. Yep. Which exactly, which was more of an underground piece that, you know, Robert did pretty much on his own, you know, like super low budget, he made that all work. And it's very similar to um, Evil Dead 2, right? Like the way that, that Evil Dead 2 was kind of a remake of sorts, mm -hmm. but that's what Desperado kind of is, but carries over still that story. And so Desperado is my number five for a sequel that is better than the first one, because there's so much about Desperado that I just adore. And I've, I've watched El Mariachi a bunch of times. It's definitely like high on my list of, um, you know, um, independent films. But Desperado takes that to a new level, and I love it. I and absolutely I love it. And I think there is a third one as well, too. Yes, there I is. Think it's yeah, Once, Once Upon a Time, time in Mexico. My... There it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're so, right. I mean, El, um, El Mariachi is a great movie. You're right. It's very independent. And even mm -hmm. in the feel of it, when you're watching it, it definitely right. does feel very independent. But Desperado with Antonio Banderas is just like, it's it's an amazing movie. And Come on. It took me a while to realize that that was a sequel. Um, because, really? Because I wasn't familiar. I mean, we're talking a good 15 years ago. I, right, I right, realized, right, right, I've right, known right. it. But yeah, when I first saw Desperado, like I didn't realize that was a sequel. And it's almost similar to 
when I was younger, this is going back probably maybe like 20, 25 years. The f- yeah. You mentioned Evil Dead 2, which right? is not in my top five, but it's in my honorable mentions. I get that. I get um, that. I, the first movie, I adore those movies now, but the first movie of any of the Evil Dead movies I saw was Army of Darkness. Wow. And it was, and I didn't realize at the time, I was like, oh, the we're getting a recap. I didn't realize <laughs> because it was just at that time when I was younger, to me, a sequel always had a part one, part two, part, right. or had always had part two, part three. So right. Army of Darkness, I'm like, oh, this is an original. This film. is a brand new thing. It's a brand new thing. Yeah. Not realizing it's technically Evil Dead 3. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I mean, and that could be a good reason why some people don't think Desperado or don't know that Desperado is exactly because exactly. it's not like El Mariachi part two or no, no. or anything like in that. In fact, the lead actor in El Mariachi has a cameo at the end of Desperado. He's one of the, mm-hmm. the Mariachi band members that show up to help out. So, again, like there's so many things that just make this such a brilliant showcase of, of story and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I definitely put that in there. Mm, love Desperado. That's a good one. That's a good one to start Thank off you. the Thank list. You. And one I didn't even really <laughs> think of. So I'm glad. Yes. Um, uh, so my number five, I went with one that is still very near and dear to my heart. I went yes. with uh, Superman 2. Uh, Dude! Most notably, oh, the one. Richard Donner. Uh, the yes, Richard Donner the Richard cut. Donner cut. Let's um, go. Which is, in my opinion, even more superior than the original Superman 2. But mm-hmm. I mean, when I think the original Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, which, in my opinion, are still better than anything. Well, okay. Let me... Let me let me be, be more be, specific. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Superman and Lois right now, I think yes. Tyler is killing it as Superman. Oh, and that, that show sh- is so fantastic. That show is so much better than it deserved, than the CW mm-hmm. deserves mm-hmm. to have. Yes. Um, so right now, presently, I think Tyler is my favorite on-screen Superman. Okay. But that fair. doesn't take away any love I have for the original Christopher Reeves. Right, right. A- and when I think back to the Superman films, I don't think you know, a, a piece of his hair holding up and a weight. No, um, is that it? I don't think of Richard Pryor flying around with, with Superman. <laughs> I think of Zod and right. Non. Like, I, that is the Superman. I don't even think of the original. I think right. of Superman 2. You know, it's, you should. It's, it, it's great. It, it, to me, like, that even like there are so points in my head that up until a certain point in my life, I thought that was the first Superman movie. Well, you're not wrong though. Cause True. a lot of that was shot for Superman. One. Yes. So, you know, that kind of works. Yeah. But, but that, that, I don't blame you for that. I, I didn't know the, the, the Richard Donner cut existed. At yeah. That time. Yeah. You know, so I always thought Zod was the first Superman movie. Well, because he technically is in the first Superman movie. He is right. Like they started with that. Yeah. You know, them getting cast into the Phantom Zone, which, yeah. How, how genius is that where they start off the film with these supposed villains and then don't reference them for the rest of the movie? Like, how crazy is that? Like, you can start off and you're like, oh, these are going to be the... And then, like, an hour and a half later, you're like, whatever happened to those people yeah. in the floating diamond? Like, I mean, and, and it, it takes a lot of cojones to kind of set yourself up for a second movie before even yes. knowing how successful the first movie is going to be. Genius. Genius. And luckily it paid off. Man. And then they started going downhill after three. No, come on. Listen, listen. Okay. Now <laughs> my favorite of this bunch, as much as I do love the Donner cut of, of two is Superman four. 
And I I get teased about it all the time. Yes, I'm aware that it is a crappy movie. It is a crappy movie, but it is one of my favorites of Superman ever. I was a big John Cryer fan. So they had <laughs> okay. me, they had me with that one, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I, I will give you that that John Cryer <laughs> is a fun addition There's, to that movie. And I love the fact that they brought John Cryer in to play Lex Luthor yes, into the Arrow. That's so awesome. That's um, so awesome. I'll 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 give you that. Um, thank you, thank you. Come on, I got my but, duck man hat on and everything. Like, come on, you quest, guys. <laughs> but Quest for Peace is your favorite of the bunch. Listen, it's it, uh, I, I rule it in terms of when I was age aware of Superman. Okay. That was the easiest one for me to see. So, because it was like on TV all the time. Yeah. So I could I could see that one all the time. Um, but giving you like your credit on the, the Donner cut of two, there's a particular scene and for anyone that hasn't seen it, like this is like the quintessential showcase as to why Christopher Reeve can so deftly play Clark Kent and Superman as two different people. And I, I know you've seen this, this scene that's uh, put in there. It was actually not actually shot. It was a test footage. And it's where Lois finds out that he's Superman. You've seen this scene, yes. right? Yeah. Where she she pretends to shoot him. Yes. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. I, if you haven't seen that, people, please go check out that scene. It is brilliant. But you will physically see how Chris Reeve become, like, becomes Superman. Like, it's beautiful. Oh, well, that I gives mean, me chills. And, and Superman 2 is also the, the quintessential reason as to why I had so many issues with Man of Steel. Um, and this is like a whole other topic of discussion for another episode. Okay. But like, I... Just to, to kind of because I had so many issues with Man of Steel. I get it. I get um, it. But the one in particular was the amount of destruction that happened right. with innocent people, you know, being at risk all the time. But if you compare it to Superman 2, there's literally one scene in Superman 2 that kind of sums up why I had a problem with Man of Steel. Yeah. And that's there's a scene with Nan who's getting ready to lift a bus full of people. Mm -hmm. And it's at that moment Superman's like, nope, we're not doing this. We're not doing it. Because, I'm backing down. Yep. Yeah. Because the, the people, people. Yeah. The people. And like, that yeah. scene right there was like, no, like Cavill looks Superman, but his writing is shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, so. he wasn't there, man. He wasn't soups yet. That's that's my story. True. As a as a Man of Steel apologist. <laughs> Again, it's a topic for another episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll come back for that. We'll come yeah. back for that one. Uh, but let's continue on. Number four. Oh, okay. This one was a tough pick for me to choose between two from this franchise. Okay. Uh -oh. So I was, I was torn. You don't even know I was torn. <laughs> All right. So what I'm ultimately going for is days of future past X-Men days of future past. Okay. Now the one that I was torn with was X2 X-Men Unite. X-Men Unite. Yeah. Because I thought that was definitely better than one. But the reason why I'm picking days of future past is because not only do I think that was better than X-Men, but I also think that it was better than X-Men first class. And so as one that was better than two movies that, that kind of set it off, I'm like, yes, that's the one that I'm going to pick. X-Men Days of Future Past was better than both of its precursor movies that set up the franchises. I 100% agree with you. Yes. Days of Future Past to me, and I've told this to a number of people, Days of Future Past to me is about as near perfect an mm -hmm. X-Men movie as you mm -hmm. will ever mm -hmm. get. Yes, yes. Yes, without question. Because I, I thought X2 was going to hold that title forever. Like, I love X2. Like, 
and this is okay. So just to give credence to like to build this up. So X2 was the movie that when I saw it in theaters, I was a doubter. Not that I thought that this was going to be a bad movie, but I thought it wasn't going to matter because in two weeks time, the Matrix sequels were coming out. And so I was like, <laughs> so like in 2003, I can tell you, I was so on to the Matrix. Like They're on your list, right? Amazing. <laughs> um, no, I was so on to, I was so on for, for, you know, Matrix Reloaded. Like, I was like, no, like X2, I'm going to watch it because I have to, but like, it's, it's cool. It's whatever. And when we had that opening scene with Nightcrawler and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, like I've never loved Nightcrawler like this before. Like what, what is this? And then you get Wolverine stalking through the, the hallway, shanking soldiers left and right. This was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Fast forward. Days of Future Past beats that for yeah. me. Like just as, as a concept, seeing the, the Sentinels literally play out um all of the x-men magneto on the team all like oh the way that and this is crazy brian singer back brought all this together or as much as he's rumored to have done on that that particular piece or didn't do on that one um just bringing all those different elements of um you know both movie franchises the original x-men series plus the first class series making that all work absolutely fantastic and obviously i got to give a huge shout out to the Quicksilver scene, because I still remember to this day yeah. when we saw Quicksilver, the first like concept pieces, people lampoon this movie. They were like, this is trash. He's wearing a silver jacket. Uh, dumb. That scene happened. Everybody in the theater mouth, just a gate, just, this is amazing. I can't. Wow. How yeah. this, I just, yeah. Like days of future past wins for me. No, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think what we give, I mean, you're right. Like X2 is another one that I, I still love. Um, and one of the reasons, like, you're right, the opening with Nightcrawler was amazing. But one of the things that sits kind of bad with me with X2 is the fact that I I am a huge, both comic book and, and animated series, I'm a right? huge fan of the Phoenix Saga. Ooh, so yeah. at the end of X2, they set me up for failure. They did. Because they, did. they teased, like, you get that whole panning across the water, and then you see the fire wings under the water. And that's how the movie ends. And I'm like, oh, yeah. they're really doing it. Like they're giving this like three is going to be even better than two. Nope. No, no, no. And, Brett, and Brett Ratner came in and was like, yeah, yeah. like, like ruined that. And then they did Dark Phoenix. And I was like, you're bringing in the same people like this. And I remember going to a screening with my buddy, Craig Lagans, who you met in Atlanta. Of course. Um, Going to, uh, we went to an advanced screening of Dark Phoenix and we sat together in the theater. And I remember when that movie was over, we both looked at each other. We're like, well, that happened. <laughs> we're not getting that time back. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was fun sitting in a theater for two oh, hours. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. But no, D Days of Future Past, as I mentioned, is to me probably the closest thing that you can get yeah. to a yeah. perfect X Men movie. I still have a lot of high hopes for what the current MCU is going to give us with the mutants, um, especially now that they're starting to tease them. They are starting to tease. They are starting to tease. Little, I, not too specific <laughs> of a spoiler. Right, um, right, right. But they were getting teases now of, yes, of mutants yes. coming into the MCU. And yes, we are. I'm excited because there are casting rumors out there about certain people playing certain characters. And Listen, that's why I'm going to San Diego, man. I was like, wait, they might announce what? I'm going. Give me the yeah. ticket. Give me the ticket. I got to be there. I got to be in the first, 
This is the first time Marvel's there in what three in years? Years, I think? In years. Yeah. Like no joke. Um, I was there the last year that they were there, and that was phenomenal. And you know, once they started doing things with D twenty three and and you know doing stuff on their own, it, it hasn't been the same. So I yeah, I have to be there. And I know this there. is off topic, but are you working or are you just going as an attendee? I'm just going as an attendee. Man. Like San Diego is one of those few shows where I just get to be Vic. Um, obviously that's not like solely true. Like people are going to recognize me and I might get to go to certain parties and things like that, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, big shout out to Amazon. Um, I actually just did a paper girls panel, their very first panel ever at Chicago last weekend. And they're going to have a big presentation in San Diego. And I've, I've gotten invited to the Amazon party. So nice. I'm going to be there in, you know, hardest working man in comics capacity, but specifically running panels. That is not my plan. Although Obviously, you know me. If somebody's like, "Hey, Vic, we need you to do something," you know, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. Suit and well, that's and, uh, and, and that's the thing that you, I, you and I both know that my listeners probably don't know is that like we moderate panels because we get yes. invited to come to cons and we reach out to to recommend ourselves to do these. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con, panels bring their own moderators. Like you yes, don't, do. you don't contact New York Comic Con and say, "Hey, I'd like to moderate," because right. I tried it. And it's like, <laughs> nope, our, any panel that we have at New York Comic Con, they bring their own moderator. They bring their own. They bring and their San Diego's own. the same way. So, yep, very much um, so. One of these days, you probably before me, but one nah, of these come days. On. We'll, we'll go out there together. Come on. We'll go, go out there with Batman and, and Robin this week. There you go. Um, and I'll happily be yeah. your Robin. I'm, I'm, uh, no, I was going to be Robin. Robin. I want my legs out. So that's what, yeah, yeah. I want my legs <laughs> out. I've been doing these squats, bro. I'm trying to. <laughs> there we go. It's Hoochie Daddy season. I'm trying to go out there and be. <laughs> there we go. That's how we doing it. Is there a fat Batman? Because I can do that. <laughs> not I mean, they did Fat Thor. Batman. They can do Fat Batman, right? Oh, my God. You're terrible. I'm not, I'm not that fat. Um, all right. So that leads me into, after that conversation, yeah, here we go. <laughs> leads me into my number four. Um, yeah. And this is, in my opinion, this is a franchise that has continuously gotten better as it started. Okay. Um, but the third one out of the four is, Ooh. in my opinion, the best. I went okay. with Toy Story 3. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Toy Story 2 was great because it yeah. introduced us to to uh to Buzz and mm-hmm. to Jesse and the old prospector who turned out to be the villain. But to me, Toy Story 3, even though I did enjoy Toy Story 4, Toy yeah. Story 3 to me was the perfect wrap-up of a culmination of a story mm-hmm. that like had spanned over 10, 15 years yeah, yeah. and was so full of emotion and was so well-written and full of emotion yeah. that to anybody who's seen it, like there's that scene at the end of the movie where they're all yeah, in the trash uh, compact. Of course, of course. And like, you know, full well, they're not going to die. Like they're not going to kill off these you, characters. No, no, come on, man. You don't know. That's but the thing. You are, like, in your heart, you're like, I don't it know. It is they might so well-written and so well done that even though you know they're not going to die, <laughs> you are sitting in a theater or you are sitting at home and you are welling up because they're not going to kill them. They can't yeah, kill these see, characters. That's the big, <laughs> like, your declaration is always formed as a question. They're not going to kill them, <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was such, it was such a, so full of emotion movie, Mm. so well-written. And then the end to kind of wrap up this entire story of these toys with Andy giving these toys away to somebody who was his age when he first got them. I was like, this is like, this is the perfect ending to this story. 
And then they announced Toy Story 4. And I was incredibly skeptical of Toy right. Story 4, even though they were bringing back Tom Hanks, they were bringing back Tim Allen, they were bringing back as many original characters as they can. And mm-hmm. I went to the theater and I'm, and at the end of that movie, I was like, all right, I stand corrected. They got it. They this got was it. a great story. Three still stand superior. Still, I get that. I get that. Without question. Without question. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, I, mm. yeah, I mean, and not, I mean, don't get me wrong. The addition of Duke Kaboom in Toy Story 4 <laughs> is amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, three to me is just, it's three, the superior of the movies. Three was the most mature of them all. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like, when when Toy Story first came out, was that like 95? Like we were we were at an age where that was an interesting place for us because it was it was built as a kids' movie, but we weren't kids. And in watching it, we saw it was funny on a level that wasn't just for kids. Like it was, it was like almost adult funny. And you know, for us to grow with this franchise, I think that that's a huge piece as to why three hits like yeah. it does. Yeah, I, and you're right. I mean, there and even rewatching those movies now. I recently rewatched um, the first three not too long ago, uh, yeah. maybe about a month or two ago, and I've watched them a number of times since then. Mm-hmm. But I really sat down and really watched these movies and felt a lot of the emotions again. You yeah. know, rewatching them. But there were things I realized even now watching them as an adult. Like, yes, there are definitely jokes in these movies that are not for kids. Oh yeah, that are yeah. for the adult. <laughs> in Toy Story two, there's the scene where Jesse comes at the end of the movie where Jesse jumps on a hot wheel, goes around the loop, jumps up, grabs the deal door knob and opens the door for the dog and Buzz's wings pop up. I'm like, that's yes. it's an You're erection. Like, that's like, <laughs> like that's yep. an erection. Like that's yes. full yes. on an adult joke in a kid's movie. 90%. 90%. And then even rewatching the first one, I'm like, Jesus, Sid is going to need so much therapy. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sid just put him under the jail. That dude was too much. That dude was too much. I think he, he ends up being, though. he's the pizza man. Yeah. 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 In, yeah. I think in the, uh, in the third or fourth one, I thought it was in the fourth one. He Maybe it is the fourth he's one. the pizza guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he got well adjusted, which is cool. But not nah, for me. Sid is time stamped. You are a monster. Put him under the jail. Like yeah. he's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. He's a Absolutely future psychopath. Terrible. Without well, question, not future. He's a current. Yeah, psychopath. he's one right now. Like he's just maybe he's a reformed psychopath in the future. But right now, he is a monster. Hey, Absolutely. you look at it that way. If Buzz and Woody didn't do what they did at the end of Toy Story One. Sid probably would have become a serial killer. I think you're absolutely right. Like they're the ones that turned him around. Like they scared him half to death, and that's what happened. The dark that's moment in Pixar's history. <laughs> All uh, right, number three. This one was tough. Okay, so you, you start into the comic book format, and obviously, as a comic book fan, comic book writer as myself, um, it's hard to get off that train because there's so many different things that kind of fit that bill. But there's one movie that has stood the test of time that harkens back to that time period of X-Men where like everything kind of changed for me in terms of comic book movies, Mm -hmm. right? And that movie, without a shadow of a doubt, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. That movie, to this day, I'm I'm arguing with people. They're like, oh, Tom Holland is so good. Tom Holland is amazing. But this is how good Spider-Man 2 is, that the latest Spider-Man could bring in the villains and heroes of that movie, and it matter today. Like, that's yeah. 
you don't you don't get to like that's almost a 20 year difference and it still holds up like phenomenal let me tell you spider-man mm-hmm. 2 is in my honorable mentions Ooh. it has been in and out of my top five at least three times putting this i understand i understand like because that's this is the beauty be- excuse me beautiful part of this movie for me to say that, and even with it being in your honorable mentions, that's not an argument against what I said. No, like it's literally like that's the that's how good of a freaking sequel it was. I I okay, this is a true admission here. I, it's probably the first time I've ever admitted this <laughs> in media ever. I was not a Spider-Man fan when I was getting in the comics. Like I hated Spider-Man. It was the first Spider-Man movie by Sam Raimi that I like loved him. Like that turned me into a Spider-Man fan. So. Here we go. I and again, I had experienced X2. I experienced both Matrix sequels. 2004 comes around. They're like Spider-Man 2. It had me with the trailer yeah. of Spider-Man 2. Like I was, I was on it. Like, yes, please, thank you. The whole uh, car flying through the window and him jumping forward, grabbing Mary Jane. I was like, this is about to be the greatest movie of all time. And the movie itself held up tremendously. The fights, the train fight. I was just gonna say. That train scene, still to this day, I, I and I, I I mean this with all sincerity. I think out of all three Tobin Maguire's, both yes. Andrew Garfield's, and yes. all three Tom Holland's, that train scene is still the top of the list as one of the best Spider-Man action sequences they yes. have ever done. Yes. Not just because of the action, mm-hmm. but because of the story that scene tells as well in mm-hmm. the ending with him taking his mask off, him oh, rescuing God. the people and the people actually standing behind him, embracing him, embracing him, pulling him in, hiding, keeping his identity a secret and mm-hmm. still willing to stand between Doc Ock and Spider-Man to yes. save their hometown hero. Come on. To protect on. him. It's brilliant. Like, it's not just the action sequence that makes that it's not just the action that makes that sequence incredible. It's yeah. everything in that sequence that makes it yeah. incredible. I love it. I absolutely love it. I still love the parts where it, it's such a little moment, but it mattered so much to me when they're on the building, uh, I think the clock tower and they're falling off of it and all the sound goes away and all you hear is just them punching each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there is something so powerful about that that it just gets like it makes the hairs on my body stand up because i love it that much that is that is my movie i love that movie yeah, yeah. no again that was in and out of my top five a number of times I get it. when i, I was get putting it. this list together it. because it's absolutely it, it almost broke my heart to not put it in the top five <laughs> i'm like, sorry I, I put it in for you i put it in for you so we can talk about it yeah, at least you. one of us has it in the top five so that we're so we're good yes uh so my number three mm-hmm. i kind of cheated a little bit uh-oh, uh-oh. My number three is actually two movies. Okay. Um, because of the fact that I adore all three of these movies. Okay. I absolutely love the original. The second one surpassed it and mm-hmm. hit me harder than the first one. And mm-hmm. then the third one came, and I didn't think it was possible, but it hit me even harder than the second one. Okay. My number three is the second and third installments of the How to Train Your Dragon movies. Wow. 
Okay. These, these movies, I'm a huge, I'm a sucker for animated movies. Like I, I yes. love the Pixar movies. I love, I, I mean, like DreamWorks is like with like Road to El Dorado is like an amazing mm-hmm. Titan mm-hmm. AE from Bluth. Like it was amazing. So it doesn't like, it's not just Disney movies. I love just animated right, films. Right. So when DreamWorks put out How to Train Your Dragon, I just fell in love with that movie. Like it became okay. one of my all-time favorite animated movies. And then I heard they were making a sequel and I was like, oh, I don't know right. if they're going to do it Here as good go. as the first one, right. but I'll give it a shot. And then there are scenes in the second one. Like there's a scene like when you think that um, for the I, I hate the fact that I say how much I love those movies and then I can't think of the characters. Name. No, 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 no. What was it? Hiccup? Hiccup. Thank you. Yeah, I got um, you. I got you. The scene in the first one where like Hiccup. You think that Hiccup might be dead, but Toothless was the one that saved him. And that's what brings the Vikings around on dragons. Like that brought me to tears. And then there's the second movie where, um, you know, Hiccup accident, like not under his own influence ends up or Toothless, not under his own influence, ends up killing Hiccup's father. Yeah. And like there's the the tear between Hiccup and Toothless now mm-hmm. to the point mm-hmm. where Hiccup or Alpha be- Toothless becomes the Alpha by the end. I'm like, I, I was like, okay, I don't know how they're going to top this. <laughs> and then somebody told me, well, you know, they're making a third one, right? And I'm like, like I, I, mm, I don't know. Here we go. And then I watched the third one in the hidden world and Toothless finding a love. And I'm like, I'm so glad they're stopping at three because I don't think emotionally I can take these movies anymore. <laughs> Yo, I understand. I understand because they they are challenging in the best way possible. Like you're like I don't I don't I don't care about. Oh, I do care. Yeah. I, I I absolutely care. I didn't realize that I would I would love this so much. Absolutely brilliant franchise. My yeah. daughters watch that like to this day, and like the the offshoot shows, um, like they're, Dragon they're War, couple, like Dragon yeah, Racers yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes. My 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 five year old, we live on the show. Like that is that is a regular in our household. And so, like I I fully understand exactly what you mean by how potent those stories are emotionally. And the idea of like, please don't let the fact that one it's animated fool you, and the fact that it's about you know uh, this kid and his dragon fool you. These are emotional, well rounded stories that will capture your imagination and your heart without question. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good call. So, yep. They were, I had to, like I said, I cheated a little bit. That's not adding cheat. two not and cheat. three, but I, I kind of, nah, I, I nah, felt like nah. I had no choice. No, nah, that's not a cheat. That's not a cheat. Okay. I, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm with I you on that know. one. Okay. So number my number two, um, inevitable, inevitable. It had to happen. I had to put it out there. Um, it's Terminator two. It's in my honorable mentions. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you wanted to are <laughs> if that's in your honorable mention. Okay, so here's here's the thing for me. Um I'm a child of the 80s. I probably saw Terminator at a point where I never should have. Um, I certainly wasn't <laughs> old enough to have watched that. Um, facts, like without question, like that's just what it is. But when you talk about something being elevated to a new level, Terminator 2 does that with all the proper callbacks to the first movie right um the the storytelling the graphics that's the thing that people don't understand like you you might see a couple things that might look a little hokey from terminator 2 today but that was pure cutting edge okay like 
the way that they use graphics to help tell story, phenomenal. The the T one thousand, one of the most deadliest things I've ever seen in cinema. Like mm-hmm. you could have kaiju, cool, whatever. The T one thousand. I think the T one thousand could beat Godzilla. Like that's how dangerous it is because it could just like be on Godzilla. And Godzilla wouldn't know. Like what's he gonna do? Like what what is this thing? Ah, it's on me. And then it's cut off. Like that's <laughs> the T one thousand. Like Robert Patrick. That man. It took me a while to see Robert Patrick as anything other than the T-1000. He still is the T-1000. I don't care (laughs) what anyone else like is like, oh, oh, he's he's a he's an um he's in Peacemaker. I'm like, as the T-1000. He's like, no, he's Peacemaker's dad. The T-1000 had a kid. That's what happened. (laughs) That's of course the T-1000 had a kid who kills people because that's what he does. Like, what are you talking about? Like, amazing literally amazing um and i say that as an ohioan because robert patrick is from michigan and as an ohioan we hate that state up north we don't give a damn about the whole state of michigan and in fact i met him at a show here in columbus and some some pals of mine and i we got uh, a photo op with him and we had him stand in front of us and behind him we're doing the ohio from uh the ohio state university Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know it at first. Like we're lined up and we're doing it. And he's like standing like in front of us. And he kind of realizes that we're not like with him. And he turns around and looks at us, sees what we're doing. He's like, fuck you guys. That's so messed up. Oh, I hate y'all. And then he turns around, gives us the meanest face possible while we're doing it. It's one of my favorite pictures of all time. It was so amazing. So I mean, sorry if I cussed and I wasn't supposed to, but that no, is no, a direct yep. quote direct quote it was amazing that's fantastic. i have loved like terminator 2 is everything i've i've wanted to be john connor i have i have dressed up as arnold from that movie for halloween as a child i swore my mom had the same sarah connor energy that she could pump a shotgun with one hand <laughs> and shoot some yes all around all around terminator 2 well and, and one it. of the reasons why i love terminator 2 as well is like you i saw the first terminator probably at a point in my life when i should not have watched it absolutely and and became a fan of that movie and then when terminator 2 came out i remember like it was a big time in my life where i was getting into different music and things like mm-hmm. that so i remember having the cassette single from the yes. soundtrack from terminator 2 that had arnold as the terminator on the front yes. and it was you could be mine on side a and civil war on side b <laughs> it was <laughs> one of I'm the first about. ever cassette singles i ever had when cassette singles were a thing were a thing that's right but the brilliance of I think of Terminator 2 with in addition to what you mentioned already with the, the special effects and things like that. And the danger element was the fact of the added twist that this time Arnold is the hero. Yes. Everybody yes. was already used to him being like this badass villain that you needed to He's get away killer. from. And now all of a sudden you're coming into this sequel where things are completely different. And now he's trying to save the day. Yes. And oh. And it allows you to get connected to that character where he when he mm-hmm. sacrifices himself at the end, you feel for a character you were meant to hate in the first movie. Exactly. Exactly. How genius is that? Especially when you look at it from the idea of they played a David and Goliath switcheroo, right? So like the whole time of the first movie, Arnold is clearly the, the Goliath that's hunting down, mm-hmm. you know, the regular humans. Then you send him back in the sequel and now he is the Goliath that's protecting the humans. And the David is the regular looking cop guy that just kind of shows up and will run you down in a heartbeat and will kill anybody, everybody. He'll kill your foster parents. He'll kill your dog. He'll kill everybody to try to get to you. 
because he's just that brutal. And he's this unassuming little guy in comparison to Arnold. Like it's nothing. But when they're fighting in the, in the hallway of the mall and they're throwing each other through walls and you're like, yo, how strong is this guy? Yeah. Like, what is it? Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And it, and it's it's one of those movies too that like it is so good as a sequel that mm-hmm. yes, some of the other movies since then have been entertaining. Sure. They've come nowhere close that, to though. Terminator. They're not that. They're no. not that. They're I can watch Terminator that. 2 right now. It could be on halfway. It could be almost at the end. I will watch it the rest of the way. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm probably gonna put it on while I'm editing this episode. Like it's, my man, it's what I'm talking about. I, I literally just thought that as you were talking about it. I'm like, I think I kind of want to <laughs> watch Terminator 2 while I'm editing. Watch that again. Because I haven't seen again. it in a while. It's been a while. Listen, I'll tell you how good Terminator 2 is, and I can't think of what movie it is, but there is some movie with uh Udo Kier in it where they actually use footage from Terminator 2 in this other movie. Like, you you can clearly tell that it's Terminator 2 footage. Like, it's when the cops show up at the building, at the uh, Cyberdyne system place at the end, or towards the end. Um, like, it's that footage. Like, they literally just reused it in another movie. And hmm. hilarious. Hilarious, brilliant. But that's how good this movie is. They put it in other movies just to tell a better story. That's great. There so, it is. That's a good pick. And yeah, again, I mean, we're getting to the point now where there are movies in my honorable mentions that should have been in my top five. And I mean, I just that's couldn't. the point of an honorable mention, though. That's the point of an honorable mention. I didn't have that much room. And the fact that we've exactly. already gone through three each, four, well, four for you, three for me. Yeah. And we haven't repeated any yet. We haven't repeated. It's already, getting me nervous, though, because as I we're know. getting closer to the end, I'm like, Oh, we're going to have a save. Here we go. Here's for my number two. This is, this is one. I think if we're going to repeat any, this might be the one. Oh, here we go. We're both familiar with the MCU. Yeah. And it, the MCU has already produced a number of sequels. That's true. But in my opinion, Mm -hmm. out of all, and there are a number of sequels that I think fit the bill of being better than the original, but I couldn't pick all of them. I had to pick. I had to pick one. So I had to go with the one of all the sequels in the MCU of all the different franchises that are in the MCU. I had to go with the one that I felt stood out the most. Mm-hmm. And that is Captain America, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, baby. I knew you were good. That's on my honorable mentions. Okay. That one is on my honorable mentions. That was one that I had to be like, ah, I'm doing too many superhero movies. Put it, put it down here. When, when you look at the MCU as a whole and you yeah. have people say like, it's, it's a very tough question for mm-hmm. someone to ask you, what are your favorite movies? Like, what's your favorite MCU movie? Mm-hmm. I don't, I honestly, I can't answer because there are really? different ones that hold that spot for different reasons. Okay. Um, you know, Black Panther is in my top three. Uh, uh, Endgame is in my top three. Guardians okay. of the Galaxy is in, you know, is in my top list there. Captain America, Winter Soldier is the one movie that I think if I had to pick a favorite movie of the mm-hmm. MCU, that's probably that's the one. That's, that's the probably one. it. It's I just can't argue that. the action sequences are amazing. We get the introduction mm-hmm. of new characters, you know, with, with Bucky and with Black Panther. Like we mm-hmm. get, well, actually Bucky's not an intro. Yeah, 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 soldier yeah. is an introduction, not, not Bucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, just like the action sequences that are in that movie, the story that that movie tells, it is just, I, I don't know. Like it's, it is just far superior to me mm-hmm. in both an action sequence and writing 
than most of what we have gotten in the MCU. And that doesn't diminish other movies in the MCU because there's been a ton of great movies in the MCU. Winter Soldier, to me, just stands above like the rest. Winter Soldier is the first of the bunch that is not just a superhero movie. And I think that's such an important thing to recognize. Like, yes, there are superheroes in it, but the way they approach story, the way they tell this story, and the way that the characters interact, it's not about superhero posturing. It's not about damsel in distress. Oh, I'm going to save the day. Like, it is a very different type of movie. As a spy espionage thriller, which is really what it is, Mm -hmm. that just happens to have superheroes in it, like, that's what makes it so great. Like, I I look at, um, I have to compare that like in a modern sense, and, oh, and we're I, have talking, to, I, have, I have to correct myself real quick yeah. too. Black Panther didn't come in until Civil War. Not I knew what not you meant. Winter I knew what you yeah. meant. Yeah, yeah. For I listeners who are probably screaming like Black Panther like, was no, in, no, was, he was Soldier. just testing you. He was making sure you guys were listening, right? So that way you can actually respond to him. And so, haha! If you've already tweeted to him, you fell into his trap <laughs> because he did that to you on purpose. Ha! He got. I'm sorry, you. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, 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 no. But like in terms of like the Batman. The Batman is a crime suspense drama that happens to have Batman in it. And Mm -hmm. that's like something I think we wouldn't have had um, if we didn't have Winter Soldier. It it is such an important feature to show that you can tell different types of stories featuring superheroes in this very mainstream modern space. And it's it's super important. I adore that one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why you mentioned the Batman. That's one of the reasons why I actually really enjoyed that movie is mm-hmm. because of being a fan of Batman for as long as I have been. I remember watching the Batman and ending when that movie was over. And I was like, holy shit, they just gave us a detective movie with the world's greatest detective, which is something no other Batman has done None. so far. None of them. None of them have done that. Yeah. And it was it was right. Like he wasn't he wasn't, you know, filled with plot armor where he could just do anything. The things that he did, it made sense. You know, when he figured something out, you're like, Oh, well, damn, that was, that was smart. You know, maybe he, maybe he didn't quite know the right answer right away. But then once he gets it, you're like, Oh, that's what you did. Okay. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. I see. Now I'm going to do this. Genius. Absolutely genius. But you're right with winter soldier as well, being the spy espionage movie, you know, adding Mm -hmm. a whole new element to this, to a superhero movie, but also at the same time, in addition, keeping the elements of the superhero movie that we love and also giving us new dynamics with, you know, two best friends who are now at odds with Cap and Bucky. Like Mm -hmm. that movie added so much more depth to the storytelling the MCU gives us than any movie had before it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why it stands superior. I'm going to double down on that one. And I'll say that without Winter Soldier, oh, this is going to be a big statement. Okay. Without Winter Soldier, one of the most pivotal moments in Endgame wouldn't have the impact. When Cap is standing there, ready to face the army of Thanos by himself, and you hear Sam crackle over his ear, and he goes, Cap, Cap, Steve, can you hear me on your left? If we didn't have Winter Soldier, that moment would have fallen so flat yep. because that that's part of what made that so great. This shout out from way back from freaking what? Almost, what are we talking, five years? For, A whole for, five years. I, I mean, it is the meeting of Sam and, and Steve. Yeah. And, and, you're yeah. Abs- and you're absolutely right. Without Winter Soldier, 
that scene, like we might have gotten Sam in a different way, but that sure. on your left line, on your like, left, come on. that is the line that when that scene happens, I remember being like Endgame to me holds such a special place because to me, like when you talk about going to see movies in theaters and the, getting yes. the theater experience of a movie, yes, Endgame, that's what that is. Like I went to Endgame opening weekend and mm-hmm. opening night, mm-hmm. and like the cheering and the applause, like that to me, no theater experience will ever surpass that. From exactly. Cap picking up Molnir to like to the on your to Come the portals on. opening, Come on. that scene with the portal opening and hearing Sam, the moment you heard those words on your left, that you knew theater erupted. Come it's a good thing that there's not words for the next two minutes. We never would have heard it. Right. We never would have heard it. People, oh my God. Like, well, because you're right, because the next words spoken in that movie were Dr. Strange talking to Wong saying, Is that everyone? And Wong saying, You wanted more? And I remember, I don't think I heard that the first time I saw the movie. Because the theater was still cheering because every time another portal opened, somebody else was coming through. through. Oh my god. Yeah. Come on. So Amazing. that movie made me, that scene made me cry. I will watch reaction videos of that scene yep. to this day. Me too. To get jazzed up. Yep. I, okay. So let me, let me be frank here. As a writer, I don't like Endgame. Okay. As a writer, I don't. Because narratively, there's a lot of things that I don't like about it. But in terms of fan experience, it is one of the best cinematic experiences I have ever had in my life. Me too. Like I, I tell everybody the way that they did fan service in that movie supersedes any complaint that I have as a narrator um, or as a narrative you know, practitioner. Like I don't care that the story didn't quite line up this way because it made me feel this. And when you can do that, I mean, That's I, I mean, again, I know like we were talking about Winter Soldier. Now we're talking about Endgame, but it's still a, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still it's, a sequel. It's so it fits. it's the same. Yeah. It fits like I I remember there were so many scenes in that in that movie, like I said, with with, Mjolnir, with Captain picking up Molnir and everything mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. made me cheer. But I remember cheering when Sam said on your left and in a matter of maybe 30 seconds to a minute going mm-hmm. from cheering to seeing everybody lined up. And yeah. Cap saying Avengers assemble, assemble for the first time went from cheering to being in tears because yes. as a lifelong comic book fan and comic book movie fan, this was something I never thought I would ever, ever. see in my lifetime. Ever. It was never supposed gave to work. To yeah. And they did it. They did. I'm going to watch that tonight. There you How go. about that? There there you go. go. <laughs> I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, yeah, that's a oh, good call. Good call on that Okay. Soldier had to be, but here we go. Our number ones on the list. My number one. My number one sequel is better than the original. Aliens, without right. a question. Aliens. So, okay, so not saying that I'm a you know James Cameron Homer, but I kind of am, right? <laughs> All right. Um, because he he tells stories in such a big bombastic way. Avatar was fantastic. I did love that one. I'm looking forward to the sequel. Um, and I do think they're going to re-release the first Avatar, which is going to overtake Endgame as the highest grossing movie of all time once they do that. But for him to get a hold of the Alien franchise, to not be an originator of that franchise, unlike what he was with Terminator, um, to take what Ridley Scott did, which was a sci-fi horror movie, right? 
and turn it into a sci-fi action movie with a female protagonist, yeah. like a main female protagonist, and it be one of the most badass pieces of cinema ever. It is it is one of the highest ranking things that I could give it. Like Sarah Connor is like number two on my best mom's list. Ripley <laughs> is number one, like without question, because what she brings to Alien, Sigourney Weaver, number one, is gorgeous. Like I agree. Yeah, I would I would shoot my shot at Sigourney right now. Like if they <laughs> don't put us in a room together, listen, any any con that might have Sigourney Weaver on as a guest, don't put me with her because I'm gonna be flirting. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be flirting so hard. Y'all gonna get mad at me. Um, but you like she was powerful, right? Like it's not just that she was pretty, she was brilliant, like she was powerful, she she owned every space that she was in, and more than anything, she was right, like in a corporate space. She was telling a bunch of people like, no, I am right. You are wrong. And then she proved it throughout the rest of the movie. Freaking amazing. Aliens is my favorite of the franchise. And from everything, I mean, you can't get better than Hicks. You can't get better. I mean, you know, when they're up in the ceiling and you see the aliens coming and that has a shout out in Endgame, like that's how important Aliens is that it's influencing visuals from other movies from here on out. Like, the, the Geiger art, the queen, get away from her, you bitch. Like, yeah. I no, I, I, I agree with I you. It. I mean, I think Cameron, um, you know, see, I mean, Cameron is a director I actually really do enjoy. And I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of Avatar um, okay. or Fern Gully meets Pocahontas yeah. in space. Um, <laughs> that's you how know, he pitched it, right? That's exactly how he pitched it. That's, he a, had to. Well, that's exactly what we got. So that, that, that's he pitched it. He hit the nail on the head. Um, and I'll probably see the sequels just for the sake of saying, you I gotta saw them. say, is, yeah, you, um, you know, all 12 of them or however many they're going to be. <laughs> uh, but it's, um, you're right. Cameron has, has a way with that. And you hit the nail on the head with, with Ripley. I don't think there has been, there have definitely been some characters who have come close, but mm-hmm. Ripley set the bar so high for badass female protagonists that I don't think some of them have like touched that bar with their fingertips right. in, like you mentioned, Sarah Connor, I think right. Furiosa for Mad Max Fury Road yes. came yes. close. And there've been a number since then that have come close. No one has ever topped that bar. Yeah, and no. that says a lot for a movie that came out what thirty plus years ago at this point. Almost forty years. Yeah, it's almost forty years. Yeah. Um, and the Alien franchise is one I haven't watched in a while. Um, oh, so man. I, I actually probably I think I've forgotten more about that movie than I remember because it's Fair probably it's probably been probably at least fifteen years since I've watched those movies. I need to. Correct oh my that. god, yo, listen, I need to, to tell you. That. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, if you can get the, the director's cut of aliens, it's got even more goodness. Like there's stuff in there that they answer questions that you didn't even realize that you had. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, they give you just that much more, um, content context of everything. It's, it's great. Like I love it. And, and aliens is one that you're talking corporate greed. You're talking military complex, you know, um, aims and how dangerous that can be. Like so many different things. It's brilliant. And it becomes even more brilliant the older that we get and the more that we see how our governments might actually follow the same protocols as these corporations. Mm -hmm. 
Fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. I'm going to have to rectify the situation and actually rewatch those movies yeah, sometimes. Yeah. At least the yeah. first three. Um, yeah. Four, you can stop. Yeah. Alien Resurrection never came. And out. then into Prometheus and all those. Like, I don't know. Those eh. are fun ish, you know, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same. Yeah. You can but stop I, at three. You can but three. I mean, even not, not having seen those movies for a while, I still know that's a great pick. Um, and I know Thank a number you. of listeners that would probably agree with you that is, that yes. is their number one. There we go. Um, so I guess that brings me to my number one. Yes. Yes. Um, I also went with a sci-fi for okay. my number one. Um, okay. And in my opinion, if you look at this is a franchise with a number of movies. If you look at the first two, it's very easy for the second one to have surpassed the first. Okay. But even in the movies since the second one, I don't think any has come close to the second. And that because that is because my number two or my number one is Star Trek II, The Wrath of God. Wow. Good call. Good call. Um, Search for Spock is a great follow-up to sure, Wrath of Khan. Sure. But I and I mean, maybe you can look at the fact, maybe you can look at it as in Wrath of Khan is so good because the motion picture wasn't great at all. Sure, and that sure. just elevates it. But again, like I said, when you look at Search for Spock and Voyage Home comes close to me. I'm not going to. Voyage lie. Home is a good one. Voyage Home is a good Voy one. When they're when you know when you go back to the 1980s to get whales and bring them home, like come on, like that's a great, <laughs> that's a great story. Um, you know, but you know, there's Final Frontier and all the and all mm -hmm. the movies since then. You can look at one and two and say, okay, two was so good because one was so bad. But then, okay, well, what about three, four, five, six, seven? Right. They didn't add. They didn't match up to Wrath of Khan either. And you look at Ricardo Maltaban, you know recapping a character that he played from the original series right was so critically acclaimed from the original series and then he surpasses his performance in the movie he even did oh. in the original series it's tough for me when i look at all the movies that are in my honorable mentions that i haven't even mentioned yet mm -hmm. i look at star trek 2 wrath of khan and i'm like that is the definitive that's a good one superior sequel to me yeah yeah that's, I, I got to give you credit on that one because that's like a it's a sequel twice because like you said, Khan is first introduced in the original series which got canceled. Yeah, you know, like people don't even understand. Like people are like, no, Star Trek has always been around. No, that original series barely lasts what three seasons? three seasons. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And so, so Wrath of Khan becomes a sequel to the series as well as the first movie. Mm -hmm. That's a double down. That's a good choice. But That's a that, really good one. But isn't that kind of amazing, though, when you look at that franchise, that that yeah. franchise started with a show that only ran three seasons and then mm -hmm. got canceled, but mm -hmm. has since then spawned 20 plus movies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, no, maybe not 20, but at least it's like close. at least like 15, because you have the yeah. original, you have seven from the original series, you have four right. from next gen, you right. have generations which combine them both, and then you have right. three more from the new. Exactly. I mean, and then how like next gen, deep space nine, voyager, enterprise, um discovery, discovery, um, Picard, I mean, yeah, a, a strange new world, strange new yeah. worlds, which is fucking phenomenal. Um, below decks, lower like, decks. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lower decks, like that. There's so many different ways that Star Trek has survived. Yeah, that you got to give it its credence. I think the the other thing that you are are pointing to is that it was a quote unquote failing franchise, but 
they still saw the value in it. Like they're they're like, you're just not ready yet. You're just not ready yet. And then once it hits, everybody loves it. Like it's it's absolutely amazing. I actually just okay. So toot my own horn. In Chicago last weekend, I just did um, a, a next generation panel with uh, Frakes, Gates McFadden, McFadden and uh, John Delancey, and we. It's funny because so. I'm from Ohio. Gates is from Ohio. Jonathan and John are both from Pennsylvania. Yes, they are. And I asked them if they had ever, if they were into the first series and they're like, no. And I said, I think there's something about the Midwest that, that that's true. Cause I wasn't into the first, you know, series, original series at all either. Well, Kirk was from Iowa. True. But here's the thing. Here's the, the, the thing about it is when that came out to be so forward progressive, as Star Trek was, was a coastal idea. That far East Coast and the far West Coast would have been far more open to that than the Midwest. We were still a little segregated, if I can be honest about it, in Mm -hmm. terms of our thought processes. But once you got to Next Generation, we were a little bit more open and and adopting of that progressive mindset, which is why I think Next Generation kicks off so much more of the Star Trek love and fandom. But Throughout, like even the creation of that, them doing those movies and and Wrath of Khan was such an important part to get to to get to Next Generation. Like huge, huge, like Paramount. I give them mad credit for having that kind of like faith in that in that series. It's well, it's but, insane. Well, kind of going back to what we talked about with Winter Soldier and how mm-hmm. you know the on your left kind of set up a, a moment in Endgame that would have fallen flat if not for that moment. You mm-hmm. know, we talk about how much this franchise and this universe has what this has become off of a show Mm -hmm. that only ran for three seasons and was canceled. You look at the fact that you had three seasons of the original series that were canceled. And then they Mm -hmm. did the the motion picture, which, you know, was like, okay, let's try and do something else with this property. Let's do the, the motion picture, which wasn't great. It critically did not do well. Mm -hmm. And then they do wrath of Khan, which is again, in my opinion, the best of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Look at it in this way, though. Had Wrath of Khan bombed just like Motion Picture had, Star Trek would this. not exist. It would be done. It would be done. There would I, be no Picard. There would be none of that. I yeah. firmly believe in what we're talking about now, looking back at it, I firmly believe that the whole of Star Trek, what we have now mm-hmm. as what we've and what we've gotten up until this point is mm-hmm. built on Wrath of Khan. Absolutely true. Because had Absolutely Wrath true. of Khan failed, we would have gotten any. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten any of it. Because that franchise would have been dead in the water. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's crazy. Crazy. Such a good choice. Good number one. I'm jealous of your number one. Good job. Good job. job. Um, By the way, um, I I had a conversation just kind of build on your moment with Gates and and Frakes and everything. I had a, uh, I went to a show where I was sitting in the audience for Jonathan Frakes for one of his panels. Now it's where Mm -hmm. I learned he was from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is where I went to college. Shut up. Oh, that's awesome. A fun little moment I had with Frakes was after his panel, he went back to his table and there was nobody in line. So I was like, well, I want to go talk to him about Bethlehem. Yeah, I, I was like, I don't want to talk to him about Star Trek. I want to talk to him about, about Bethlehem. So I, I opened up with like, you mentioned you were from Bethlehem. I went to college in Bethlehem. And he's like, really? He's like, do you know of this place? And I was like, yeah, I do. I also know of this place, this place, and this place. He <laughs> literally, his handler was not at his table. He literally Ooh. pulled out his handler's chair and said, have a seat. And we, awesome. and we sat at his table for like a good 25 minutes and just talked about Bethlehem. That is amazing. Which was that great. is amazing. 
Okay. And for listeners so, that are listening, if you don't know, uh, Jonathan Frakes was um, he's oh Riker. God, Come Riker. on, he's number one. Yeah, the number one. Um, okay, so here's a, here's a okay, so full tie in, full circle. So back in the day, before he was an actor, um, he used to dress up as Captain America to open up comic shops for Marvel. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. If you Google it, you can find, I think there's at least one or two pictures okay. of him dress up as Captain America because he was hired by Marvel to go around to open up comic shops in like the 70s and 80s when the direct market was just getting started. Oh, I'm so, going to Google that. There, <laughs> that's that's yeah, getting done. Yeah. I was yeah, going to ask him like, like, oh, are there pictures? And then you said, if you Google it, you'll find one or if two. If you Google it, you find one or two. And yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hidden gem. But ties right back into we wouldn't have Winter Soldier as a moot. No, I'm teasing. Uh, <laughs> right. If not for yeah. Wrath of Khan, we wouldn't. No, I'm just saying. Not. Like, think we about it. Winter like, Soldier. <laughs> we wouldn't have Captain America. No, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I great top fives again. Yes. Like we yes. we mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of discussion about it. We didn't repeat any, which surprised. No, me. that's hey, listen, that's ten movies you guys should be watching. On the regular right now. Well, we're going right to throw now. out some more in yes. honorable mentions. Um, these are ones we don't have to go into incredible detail on like we did our okay. number fives. We can just kind of mention these real quick. Um, but what are some of the ones on your honorable mention list? So Matrix Reloaded is on my honorable okay. mentions list. Look, uh, <laughs> I, I am a fan of those movies as much as yes. some people say they're horrible. I'm, I am a fan of Revolutions and Reloaded. Me too. Me yeah. too. And I do think that Reloaded does something better than what the first one does because it doesn't have to build like the first one does. It can just move. And visually speaking, um, narratively speaking, Reloaded is literally my favorite of those movies. Um, it's it's phenomenal. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, look the the burly brawl scene alone in, in Reloaded Come is on. just. I, early brawl the, the freeway chase oh the freeway like, chases God. come on come on yeah listen when morpheus can fight and escalate with a samurai sword <laughs> and you are on the edge of your seat come how do you beat that like what movie is better than that nothing absolutely yeah. nothing um, um but it was tough to only put that as an honorable mention that was really hard i hear you um one of my honorable mentions this is actually what stemmed the entire conversation because this is a more recent yeah. movie uh top okay. gun maverick I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard such good things. I such I, good things. I went to an I went to an advanced screening of it mm-hmm. of the, of the film, and I went to a theater I'd never been to before, so I didn't know. Um, it was at a, it was at a theater I hadn't been to before in Center City, Philadelphia, and I did so I didn't realize what this theater had. Like it was just a Dolby theater, which I was like, oh okay, okay. it's it's going to be enhanced. No, 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 the Dolby ones are dope. Dolby, like this was like the opening scene of this movie is the jets on the aircraft carrier, oh, and my, my seat literally <laughs> shook, which yeah, I was yeah. not expecting, but like it enhanced the rest of that movie, of and. Course. And what I loved about that movie, not that I won't do any spoilers for this because I know you haven't seen it and sure. I know it's still relatively new. Um, that movie does fan service right in mm-hmm. that it ties into the first movie what it needs to tie into the first movie nice. without nice. going like over exaggerating or overusing fan service while telling mm-hmm. its own original story that, in my opinion, it's just. I remember walking out of that theater and talking to a couple other press people that were there and being like, yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. This is absolutely no question better than the first. That's one. awesome. That's better awesome. than the first. One. Okay. Okay. 
I like that. I like that. Um, I actually had Infinity War as, okay. as one of my honorable mentions. Um, between Infinity War and Endgame, I liked Infinity War better. And in fact, I think Endgame makes Infinity War better. Um, funny, funny story. This is so. So I saw an advanced screening of Infinity War, right? And it was when it when I say advanced, like I had a buddy who works at a theater, so it was just us watching it. Right? Okay. So of course I'm going on opening night, and the worst possible thing, I saw a guy dressed up as Loki. And oh I mean, no! He was dressed to the nines. Like I mean, he looked fabulous, and I'm sitting there the whole time, like it took you longer to get dressed than he's in this movie, and you don't even know it. Oh. And I'm, I'm watching it happen to him. As the scene plays out, Loki dies. Spoilers, people. Um, Long enough. Like I know, right? But I'm, and there's I'm, a warning. I watched. <laughs> I watched him die on the inside <laughs> from my seat because I'm just like, oh, here it comes, and he's and he's like, oh, so like hilarious. So funny enough, funny story, kind of similar to yours is I remember going to see Infinity War on opening night too, and a, a right? friend of mine is a huge Tom Hiddleston fan. Like Loki is her favorite character. And jokingly about a week or two before the movie opened, I jokingly said, I was like, you're not going to be happy when Loki's the first one to die. Oh Um, my God. Son of a bitch. I walked into that movie and the moment he's killed in the beginning, I was like, Oh, she's going to hate me. She's going to think that you knew and you said it like that. And you're like, I didn't know. I swear. I didn't know. So when she, when she, when she, at, when she messaged me after she saw the movie, I was like, I swear to God, I, I did God. not know anything about that movie. She's like, I know you didn't know. She's like, it's just incredibly <laughs> funny that that's exactly what happened. Good God. I was like, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. <laughs> God, that's a good one. That's a good one. Nice, um, nice. So another uh, comic book movie on my list that I went with my mm-hmm. honorable mentions. Uh, we haven't mentioned this fit this franchise at all yet. And I'm very interested to see what the MCU is going to do. I went with blade two. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think, I think okay. it's better than the first one. Um, I, I won't lie. I kind of like blade Trinity as well. That's fair. That's good. Um, I mean, how can you go wrong with Triple H and Ryan right. Reynolds as Ryan Reynolds? Combs. Like, I mean, come on, like it's, yeah. it's fun. And Jessica I, Biel, like it's true, true. I actually didn't. I didn't like Blade Two as much. Okay, but the re- the reason for it is very simple. Blade came out before the Matrix. Blade Two clearly came out after the Matrix, and the way that they do camera angles and things like that, you can clearly see the influence, influence. of the Matrix yeah. on it. And I I really liked what Blade was originally without it and that was that was the distracting part for me i was like ah, i mean guillermo del toro i love him and i love you know norman Reedus, but i like the graphic style of the first one better than i like the second one. okay that's fair enough that's yeah, a good argument yeah. towards it i i get that that was that was that was me what's another on your list so <laughs> this might be very controversial <laughs> but i was this, this is a truism for me like it's it, to me it, it, it's better than the first one Gremlins 2. It's on my honorable mentions list. Oh, <laughs> when you when you said this let's might go. be controversial, I'm like, oh, he's gonna say gremlins. He's gonna say gremlins. It is also on my honorable mentions. Yes. <laughs> the yes. new batch to me is just come on. I love the don't get me wrong, I love the original. Me too. But I mean, when you introduce an intelligent gremlin, the electric gremlin, come God. on. 
the Batman Gremlin. Like yeah. they have so many jokes in there. John Glover, I love him. I absolutely adore him. So any movie with him in it is is great to me. Um, the female Gremlin, that's all, yeah, like like I love Gremlins too. It's silly. It's stupid. Is it better than the first one? I'll let y'all argue that one, but for me, it it, it ranks higher than the first one. It just it just does. So. It's, that, it's on my yeah. list. It was on my honorable mentions as yes. well. Yes. Um, yes. Speaking of 80s movies that I think the sequel is better than the original 80s film. Okay. Um, I went with Short Circuit 2 in my Ooh. honorable mentions. Ooh, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, I'm not mad at that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The original was Steve Gutenberg and Ali Shady is a great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it, it's a it's it, a it's a highly Fisher Stevens is great in that movie as well. But Fisher mm-hmm. Stevens is great in the second one as well too. With he is, um, he is. Oh God, I can't think of his name. But um, just the added element of taking this like Johnny Five as this fish out of water, throwing him in yes. a big city, and God, it, to me that just. Again, this it could also just be because of the age that I was seeing that of course, movie, of course. and it just resonates with me more, and I remember it more. But I've talked to a number of people who agree with me, and they think Short Circuit Two is better. Than there you go. No, no, I'm not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. All right, I got one more. One more. I got a couple more, but go ahead. We'll okay. let you use it, and then we'll do mine. Yeah, my last one: Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that good. one. You didn't say Crystal Skull. Oh God, no! <laughs> you would cancel the whole episode. You would delete everything that we've just said. Our friendship would be on the line. Never ever. <laughs> no. Last Crusade, though. Like, and and I'm a I'm a Temple of Doom homer, right? Like that was my jam. Last Crusade just elevates the entire franchise to a place, and and I don't want to say that it's just Sean Connery, but, but that Connery is a huge part. Like, Come on, come on! Yeah. Like it's it's amazing. It's I, him him running around calling Harrison Ford Junior. the whole time. I was just like, I love it, I love it, I yeah. love it. Amazing. No, I'm Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I think Last Crusade is probably my favorite of the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and by by a long shot, it's yeah, it is. This is perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Um, I have a couple more that I'll okay, I'll just run yeah. I'll just run through them real quick. Um, Mission Impossible Fallout. Ooh, good call. Fallout um, is a good one. Fallout is a really good one. Fallout is a really good one. And Fallout was the one that I remember being in theaters and seeing. And by the end of that movie, I was like, Henry Cavill shouldn't be Superman. Henry Cavill should be James Bond. Man, I will not, I will not tolerate the disrespect of his, his character in that movie. From the moment that we saw in the trailer, when he knuckles up in the back. Yeah. Yep. Listen. I'm a cisgendered heterosexual male. <clears throat> <laughs> I know where you're going. Yep. But that scene <laughs> makes me moist. Every time I'm like, Henry, Henry, um, <clears throat> sir. Yeah. Daddy. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> like, man, what a scene. That just yeah. Fell out is, is a dope one. That is yeah, a dope one. It's just that's yeah. that's and Kenra is going, oh, God. All right. Anyway. Um <laughs> Couple more. Uh yeah. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Had to go with that one. Yeah, I, good uh, one. Good one. American Pie 2. I enjoy the second one better than the first one. That is a good one. That when is they, a good one. When they go down the shore. Um, <laughs> it's just it's a lot of fun. Uh The Dark Knight. 
which was a sequel to Batman uh, Batman Begins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I think really, I would see Return of the King is is bigger for me, but I respect that. Okay, they're both superior to to Fellowship. Either way, definitely. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. But I mean, the the battle scene at the end of Two Towers to me is just kind of gives it the edge over Return of the King. Return of the King is great. Don't get me wrong. Would you count any of the Hobbit movies as technically sequels to the Fellowship movies? No, because they're technically prequels. They are technically prequels, but they came out because based on your based on your um, rules of it doesn't have to necessarily be two as yeah, as terms true. of sequel. Would that qualify? That's I wanted to ask that question. Like, they, would I a guess, prequel count? I guess they would qualify for this episode, okay. but okay. they still don't beat two towers yeah okay i mean it's funny because none of what we chose were prequels but i it just i was like i need to ask him that it did they do they did come after so yes i guess they would count uh two more um this one i'm surprised neither one of us has brought this one up empire (laughs) right as as congoers, panel moderators, and nerds, we should be ashamed of ourselves you ever you ever see something that's like right in your face (laughs) and then you don't you don't even, you're like, hey, I'm looking around it, and I don't even. I mean, I, there are people probably screaming right now listening to this, like, how, how did you not, men- why is nobody mentioned Empire? Okay, um, I, I, will, I, will, I will chastise, but also lay myself on the line. I was much more of a Trekkie, next generation guy growing up than I was a Star Trek, or Star Wars guy. So I, I, am, I am very much in the same boat. I do love. Yeah what star wars is giving us now in the mandalorian and um you know book of boba fett and and obi-wan between franchises of wars and trek i always leaned more trek as well that was that was definitely me in fact this might ruin my geek cred it wasn't until the prequels came out that i was fully aware that star wars was three different movies i always thought they were just one long movie and so like when people like a new hope versus empire versus return I had no idea that they were three different movies that they were talking about. That's that's how trekky I was growing up. Like I didn't know that Star Wars was three movies. I just thought it was one big one, and they just happened to call like these segments of this one movie those things. Okay, all right, fair enough. It's, it's I know it's to my shame. To my last shame. one I have, and I'm only yeah. adding this one to the list uh, because. One, I do agree that this one is better than the original. As much as I love okay. the original, this one is better. But I'm bringing this one up because this is a guy that you and I can both actually probably call a friend at this point. I went okay. with Clerks too. Good call. Good call. From, Good our, call. from our friend Kevin Smith. Good call. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. He, we've, we've both worked with Kevin. We both know Kevin. And again, like I, Clerks is a great movie. Yeah. Clerks 2 is better. It is without it's, question. It's just without to me, question. it's it's funnier. Um, it's more mature while yes. still being immature at the same time. Um, <laughs> and I'm really excited for what he's gonna give us with three. Oh my god. I my adoration of clerks two is why I quit a cushy state job to make comics full time. Like okay. the idea of finding your quick stop. That was what I needed to do. And that's what me being a part of the comic industry was, was me finding my quick stop. Um, good call on Clerks 2. I'm now going to like hate myself for like two days because I didn't put that on my list. Um, <laughs> even though I recognize like that would definitely be in my top 10. Although, well, hmm, okay, that's hard for me. 
the Views universe is tough for me to break down like that because I might say Clerks 2, but Chasing Amy might actually be a little higher on the list for me. And I qualify that as being part of the same universe, which arguable as to whether or not that counts as, as your sequel. Rule. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that counts as a sequel. Okay, but okay. you're right. I mean, see, that's what the Viewersque universe is kind of complicated like that because right. it is because because of the fact that Jay and Bob are in all of those movies, they are technically connected. They are a continuing storyline, right? So while not technically not directly sequel, sequels, they are they still are kind of a further installment of a story, right? Which right. technically makes them sequels. Right. Like, because would you say that Winter Soldier is a sequel to Avengers? No, but yes, because it happens after like it's that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Okay, I like this is why this was such a good prompt, though, because you have to think you can't just go, oh, I, I like the second movie. Like you have to go, well, wait, does this qualify or why doesn't this movie qualify in that sequence? That's a. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'll tell you um, on the topic of it, and then I'll, I'll let you kind of, I'll let you plug your stuff before we get out of here. Yeah, yeah. There is, you, you mentioned Chasing Amy, and there is one scene in that movie that really, no matter how many times I see that movie, mm-hmm. cracks me up every time I watch it. And it is the scene with Holden and Banky in the mm-hmm. audience with Hooper X. Yes. Yes. That scene. Yes. We, well, isn't that true? Like th- that scene. <laughs> Black Ray. Black Ray. <laughs> that scene. Doesn't matter how many times I see that movie. Cracks me up. And maybe it cracks me up even more now because we're in that industry. Because we're doing, we are like, those guys. We've been on panels with those people. Yeah. So maybe that's why it makes me laugh even more now is because we're there heck yeah heck but yeah that, that scene always that's oh always my god fun. that's that is one of the best scenes in in the view askew verse and all of comedy honestly if i'm being honest <laughs> that's that scene you're, you're absolutely right like i i will watch that um religiously like i i just do because that scene just cracks me up i can i can quote a lot of it um i won't because <laughs> it gets a little dark <laughs> but like it because it, it's so funny and true and authentic. It's one of those things where I like I have to give Kevin his credit because he captured a culture that there's no way for him to have actually been a part of that culture. He's not he's not of the right race, he's not of the right ethnicity to have captured that so perfectly, but yet he's speaking a voice that like so many black nerds for the longest time were like, Yeah, nah, nah, that's a problem. Like yeah. we hate that. We and like even going in the clerks too, like you and I have both worked with in addition to Kevin, we've worked with Brian O'Halloran and Jeff Anderson yep. and, and those yep. guys as well. Um, I like you've you just moderated a panel with those clerks guys. I yeah, did a couple did. months ago in Philly, and that was my opening with those guys. And I don't think I told you this. <laughs> my opening with those guys was the things us as an audience want to know about clerks. And this was before the trailer even dropped or anything. I was yeah. like, I know myself, and I can probably speak for a number of people in this audience. Are the three things we want to know are um, does Dante, how is Dante faring as a father? Right. Um, how is Trevor getting along with pillow pants? <laughs> and after all this time, um, has, um, oh God, Dante and Randall has Randall finally taken it back. 
<laughs> and anybody well, who's seen Clerks 2 knows you know what, it is? You knows know what, what that is. Back. I'm not going to yeah. say it. Yeah, no, um, you can't say it. Is he, is he taking it back? You know, you can't any, chase racism. But anybody who, but that got a huge pop out of the audience, and That's got awesome. a huge reaction out of Jeff. Of course, you know, of course, which was and Brian actually, it got amazing. a big pop out of both of them. Absolutely so, amazing. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. This was, I mean, this was great. Like we got through a number of movies. Again, apologies for anybody listening. If we forgot anything, you can always let yeah, me know in the feedback later on. Um, and if any of the movies that you think should have been in our top five, you know, apologies for that as well. But you, we mentioned the con stuff. We mentioned, yes. uh, you know, the events and things like that. But you have a lot of other stuff going on, including your Kickstarter yeah. with Kindergartians. What have you got going on? What do you want to plug? What do you want to promote? Just tell me. Let's lay it all out there Let's for the plug listeners. All the things. Let's plug all the things. So for everyone listening, I'm the writer and purveyor behind Vantage In-House Productions. It's my self-publishing creator-owned imprint. Um, just last fall, we signed a first look option deal with AHA Media that all of the things that I've published through this imprint are up for development um, for movies, animation, TV, all that kinds of stuff. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one of the big projects that is on the chopping block, so to speak, is The Kindergartians. Wonder Care Presents The Kindergartians is our all ages title. Um, it's Muppet Babies meets the Justice League. So it's like a Saturday morning cartoon in comic book form. The only thing it's missing is your favorite bowl of cereal. Um, we've got a diverse cast of characters that have great misadventures trying to figure out how to become the heroes of tomorrow. And it's just like unadulterated fun, right? It's that stuff that when we were kids, um, you know, we would do, we would play, we would misunderstand and that would create its own sort of, you know, little story in our hearts and minds. And that's what the Kindergartians is all about. Um, we are currently on Kickstarter. We're at 70% funding after just a week um, of being on there. This is actually my highest uh, rated goal of any campaign that I've done on there at $5,000. We are literally, uh, I think we're just shy of 1400 bucks away from hitting goal after a week. So um, this is going to be a huge push. Um, in fact, the idea of the kindergartians being a part of this first look deal has been something that i have not focused on so you are getting that exclusive right now sir by <laughs> acknowledging that the kindergartians could be could be uh in development uh in the near future for a cartoon series so like, now is the time to jump onto this to to seeing to to know that something you created like even myself, like to know that something I created could become an animated series and to know yeah. you and to know, like, I know how much passion you've put into this. I know how long you've been working on this stuff. So to know that this project of yours could become an animated series that I could be watching or my friends could be watching or their kids yes. could be watching or that I could one day be moderating your panel. Yes. Yes. Um, Let's you know, go. It's it got like, I can't tell you how proud of you I am for that. Like Thank it's, and you. how cool it is just to know you at this phase in your Thank career. You. Thank you so much for that, man. I mean, so. like there's, there's a lot of this journey that the people that I know and that I've met along the way have made it the most fruitful. It's not even like the deals and such. It's being able to have something that's cool that I can share with people like you that make this, you know, worth it. Like it's, it's great to be creative. I love being a creative, but having folks that I can resonate with, that I can share this journey and experience of being in the comic world with, that's what matters most to me. Because without you know folks like you, I'm just kind of doing it by myself. And if I'm only doing it by myself, am I doing it just for myself? Because that's kind of you know not the way of it. You know, I really like where we get to share our platforms. We get to do things and involve each other um, so that we celebrate together because that's what geekdom is all about. Yeah. It's us like as a whole, not just as individuals 
So thank you for that. I yeah. really I, and that. I remember like going back in April, like a lot of people post like fun stuff on Facebook for April Fools yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> you in particular, like you posted like you just landed a job with Marvel. <laughs> and I remember I wasn't the only one that replied. Um, this is believable, sir. Like, dude, like, I, if this could be real and we would totally believe it. Like that. This is one of the best. Like, I don't know. Like. You, th- this is something that could happen any day. Like this is not an <laughs> April Fool's joke. Thank but, you. Thank you. You know, we all firmly that believe that trouble. that could happen. That got me in trouble actually, because the development company that I signed with, oh, no. they, they called me and they're like, is that true? And I was like, no, it's April Fool's joke. And they're like, Oh, thank God. And I was like, why? And it's like, <laughs> because technically if you're an employee, if we, we'd have to know that before we shop anything to them, because that could be a conflict of interest. And I was like, oh, oh, are, are you planning on shopping something to Disney? And they're like, well, we can't say it. I was like, you can't tell me nothing? And they're like, no, I was like, okay, that's fine. But it was the idea that like, that was a, that was a sincere, like they had to call me. I was like, is that true? And I'm like, no, it's a April Fool's joke. And they're like, oh, and I was like, did I, did I do something wrong? And they're like, no, but just, you know, if you ever do get a job like that, you have to let us know. And I was like, oh, well, that's that's fun. Like, I now have to vet, you know, my my job offers to you guys because it might conflict with something that, that you're doing for me. That's how you know that's you're cool. you're on the precipice of big time, man. That's like, I will take it. I will take that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where can people find um, the Kickstarter? Where can people find you on social media? Like, you will definitely find the, the Kickstarter if you find my social media. It's all I'm talking about these days. Um, but if you go to at Vantage Inhouse, all one word, B-A-N-T-A-G-E-I-N-H-O-U-S-E, um, all one word, like I said, on Twitter, Instagram, um, you can definitely find us. Uh, the Kickstarter, you can find if you look up the Kinder Guardians, um, separate words, of course. Um, it should be the only thing that pops up under that name because it's a very unique name. However, however, okay, so this is a funny <laughs> hidden gem. Um, a couple of years ago, I got an offer from some random third-party um, arbitrator, we'll call them, um, to try to buy that name. And we were still, you know, working on the comic series. Um, and so they're like, yeah, this would be an outright buy. You can't use it anymore. And we're like, well, then no, I'm not doing that. Like, you offered too little of a dollar amount for us to do that. Mm-hmm. What I believe is the case is that that was a person representing Sasha Baron Cohen because he did a show on Showtime that was a spoof at a lot of conservative um, uh, legislator folks, like senators, whatever. Um, and one of the stories in the first episode was convincing, I think, a senator to agree to a program that would arm little kids with guns in schools. And they, uh. they were called the kindergartians. And so when that happened, we actually had a bunch of people like throw arrows at Sasha Baron Cohen like you knew that this was a comic series and you made this like really heavy adult joke out of it and that could hurt the comic series and I'm not saying that that's why that show didn't continue but it could have been part of the reason why it's absolutely a possibility I mean it's possible so I've I've tried to make up with with Sasha and be like hey why don't you uh plug the, the kickstarter and i'll send your kids some books but there he hasn't go. responded yet so we'll see we'll see what happens maybe he will maybe he won't yeah i know i know that just again speaking from personal experience having worked with you before too like i uh, to all my listeners out there to any of them that are con goers if they see your name on the list um 
absolutely attend any of the panels that yeah. you're moderating because you were Thank just you. you were a fun moderator. But in addition to that, you also do something where you hold a workshop where kids can come in and yes. create their own comic books and things like that, which I think is a great addition to a lot of these conventions because it is really something that kind of rounds out a lot of these things that makes it all ages. Yes. Yes. That's so the you create line is definitely something that I'm super passionate about. You create comics. That's the letter U C R E the number eight comics.com is our website. And you're absolutely right. Like I was a kid that I didn't like to read um, comics changed that. And I want to be able to be that, that source of inspiration for change um, specifically in creative endeavors, as well as um, ed- academic endeavors um, for someone else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, creating this program, um, using it at comic cons to, you know, introduce people, parents, educators, librarians, everyone that this is possible um, allows for me to go into schools where I showcase this. And, you know, our motto is very simple. Kids who make comics read comics and kids who read comics can read anything. So it's all about building that literary, literary um, acumen, pushing education, pushing entrepreneurship. Um, because I tell people like, this is what I do for a living. Like this is, you know, living in this geeky space is what I do. So if I'm not creating comics, if I'm not moderating, I'm showing kids how to make their own comics from start to finish. And when I say kids, I do mean that very liberally. If you're, you know, 40 years old and there's a kid in you that wants to make comics, you are more than welcome to try this stuff out because it's for you too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're wide open um, because we know that a lot of times people have had intentions, inspirations, and ideas. They didn't have a way of how to execute it. And so that's what I'm trying to do is give everybody an opportunity to execute their creative juices as they need to, want to, or wish to, and make that as easy as possible. Yeah, which is which is amazing. And I know that was one of the reasons why I asked you to be, to to do that for the event mm-hmm. that we worked in Atlanta. So you did Saturday and Sunday you know, for that. And I know you do that at other shows as well. Yes, um, yes, yes. As far as uh, events coming up, I know you're going to be in Boston, August 12th through yes. the 14th for Fan Expo Boston. So That's right. if anybody in the Boston area is planning on going to Fan Expo, keep an eye out for Victor. Stop. Say hi. Come find me. Come find me. Um, he, he's not going to ignore you. I promise. Absolutely um, not. Absolutely I know you, not. you're going to C2E2. You're going to San Diego. You're going San to San Diego next week. Uh, Galaxy Con Raleigh the week after that. C2E2 the week after that. I do think that Boston is literally the week after that. I, it, I stay on the concert. <laughs> like I, listen, my family was like, do you even like us anymore? And I'm like, yes, of course. I want to miss you. I leave so I miss you so we can spend more time together. That's what That's what we do. <laughs> but you know what? But I mean, I totally get it. Like you and I have a different dynamic in that you you do have the family at home and I'm yes. I'm at home single, but you and I both share that love for events that anytime we get that yes. invite, it's it's We're very going. hard for us. We have to have a really good reason to say no. No, I I will make up reasons to absolutely go. Like yes. it's you know, it's no, baby, I gotta go because they called for me specifically. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, I need which to, is I need very to be often right? the case for you, though. Like, sometimes they, it is. They, sometimes they ask for you specifically. <laughs> that's Boston, true. I know, so, is one of those yeah. times. Like, they that is, actually that has been one. I've, they wait, asked you to you, go. me? You want okay? Well, I'll be there then. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I I strive to get to that, sir. And I will tell you, I've told you this before, um, and I'm sure I'll tell you it again. You are one of my influences for having become a moderator. Ooh, thank you. you and thank I you. met just from me being a person in the audience at one of the panels that you moderated, we struck up a conversation we've been friends ever since I've worked with you as a moderator since then. And 
moderators, I know we've talked about this before. We kind of, we watch each other and Mm -hmm. yes, we occasionally will take little things from each other, but we still, (laughs) we, we take that. But we take those things and we incorporate them into something that we make our own. So while you and I are both great moderators, we both moderate differently, but that's what makes it one of the reasons why we're both successful as moderators. And and, and I love that. So I'm, I'm so happy that you and I have remained friends over this time. And I'm incredibly thankful that you did this podcast with me today. Dude, that's been an absolute blast. I've loved it. You have tickled the the movie nerd in me, so now I gotta go watch something. Like, and, thank you. And I that. hope, and I hope you'll come. <laughs> I hope you'll come back on. Yes, anytime, anytime. Good. Yeah. We'll, have to, we'll have to do some comic related stuff. So that's good. Sounds uh, good. As for this show, in case you missed it, my conversation with the delightful William Sadler uh, from a couple of weeks ago is now online. Mm-hmm. Uh, William, if you don't know, was from the, was the villain in Die Hard Two. He was the He's Grim Reaper. Everything. Oh my God! Shawshank Redemption, um, the Grim Reaper in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and Face the Music. Yes. So that is online. Uh, if you want to go and find that, I highly recommend it. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show wherever you stream your podcasts. If you want to know what's coming up on the program, or you want to get in touch with your feedback and/or suggestions, you can also follow Wilhelm on Facebook and Instagram at Wilhelm Podcast, or you can email me directly at feedback at wilhelmpodcast.com. Lots of great stuff uh, stuff coming soon as well, such as a voicemail line, Discord, Patreon, and more. Uh, so definitely stay tuned. And to learn more about anything I mentioned, just go to wilhelmpodcast.com and you can find it all there. Uh, Victor, thank you so much again for doing this. Dude, thank you. This was it, absolutely great. Yes. So I uh, can't wait to have you on again. But until next time, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, and we'll see you on another episode of Wilhelm down the line. Take care. Peace.